Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing less by Diploid from their album Glorify, featuring my friend Mariam Benjima on guitar and vocals. Um, so I was born in like the southeastern suburbs. Um, I guess you'd call it regional Victoria in uh, in Australia. Um, and yeah, I grew up, um, both my parents are, are still together, uh, and I've got, um, lots of siblings, an older brother, older sister, and a younger sister. Um, yeah, big, big loud house. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty typical family sort of life growing up as well. Um, yeah, very, very, um, uh, involved family. Um, I, I'm very close with my parents. I speak to my dad pretty much every day. Um, and yeah, pretty much all up in each other's business, but, um, <laughs> but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, did, yeah. did your folks listen to a lot of music around the house when you were growing up? Um, yeah, my mum, um, my mum still got her record collection and I remember being a kid and going through her record collection and there was stuff like King Crimson, um, mm-hmm. and obviously lots of Beatles, um, Hawkwind, like my mum is surprisingly a weird prog fan and it was always like, what is this music? And like, <laughs> the <laughs> album covers are like brutal, like they're so cool and then we'd listen to it and it was like, ugh, this isn't. I thought it was going to be scary music. No, this is not. Right, <laughs> right. Me. Um, uh, my dad, on the other hand, he's like big into like uh, Bob Marley, Stevie Wonder, um, Peter Tosh, like a lot of reggae, a lot of like hip hop and rap and things like that. Um, but he also loves like uh, like iconic Australian staples, I guess. Like um, loves Jimmy Barnes. Um, and a lot of like uh, like country music, <laughs> like Australian country music and things like that as well. Okay. Um, yeah, really eclectic music taste um, from my parents, and they're always very um, like musical people, always having music in the house. Um, but they they didn't play music per se. Like my they owned guitars and things like that, like an acoustic guitar. Um, but that's about as far as it went. Never like. Um, it wasn't like I got music lessons or anything like that from my dad or, or my mom or anything like that. No, I was the yeah. first person to sort of be like, I kind of want to play <laughs> music, not just listen to it. But, um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you, <clears throat> were you always able to mess around with the guitar when you wanted to or? Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty open to it. Um, pretty much as soon as like I, started listening to like with because of my older brother I was um like we always had very very similar interests like video games and and music and things like that so um I got into sort of heavy music from him and uh I think it was like oh I think I was about 
maybe about 11 or 12 and um, Slipknot were performing live like on TV and it was just like, whoa, like, <laughs> like brain explosion. And it was just like, this is music that I like, like this is awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to, after that, I definitely wanted to play guitar. Um, and I sort of, you know, I mentioned it to my parents like for a while, for a while, then eventually, yeah, it was just like sort of through school, um, uh, did lessons through that way and yeah they're always pretty supportive still like like how a lot of parents are where they're like oh you know we'll sort of see how this goes if they lose interest in it yeah. um and things like that but uh my older sister was also um interested in music as well she she plays drums um oh, awesome. and and she can play guitar and things like that as well so it was sort of like oh yeah like We'll, we'll jam sometimes. We'll play like some Nirvana songs or whatever together. Um, we definitely had a different music taste. She was more of a like into like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Modest Mouse and that sort of, sort of uh-huh. stuff. So a bit different, but we did have some common ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely like pursuing um, pursuing like some sort of. My parents always, like, especially my mum, they they didn't like us to not have something going for us. Like. You know, they always wanted us to, you know, do you want to play sport? Do you want to um, play music or, or, or something? Or are you, like, really taking school seriously or something? Like, they just wanted us to have something in our lives, some sort of passion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really lucky in that regard um, that they were always very, very pro, you know, are you doing your lessons? Are you are you um, seeing it through? Are you yeah. actually enjoying it? What, what do you want to do with your life sort of thing? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, eventually... I um I met uh Reese and Scott, um, who are yeah, like the I don't know, I guess OG members of yeah. Diploid. Yeah. <laughs> um uh they they all went to we all went to the same high school. Um uh yeah, and just sort of through that was just like, Oh, you can actually like be in a band and write your own music. You don't just have to like, yeah, have lessons every week and learn a different song and just repeat that over and over. I was starting to get a bit like tired of that sort of cycle. Um, Yeah. So that's sort of how that happened. Right. You were saying before that you were saying that you came to playing an instrument through school. How did that happen? Yeah. 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 Well, it was just sort of the only, um, like, uh, I've had friends that have had, like, private lessons through, um, like, music stores and things like that, and it was sort of, like, mixed reviews a bit, um, which is funny because I work at a music store now, but, like, the classic um, music retail experience is, like, you know, a bit standoffish, not very friendly, um, a strange level of knowledge assumption and that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, luckily enough... Um, my school had like just employed a new guitar teacher um, by the time I was going for lessons and I come in and it's this like metal dude and I was like, hell yeah, like <laughs> awesome. I'm not going to just be learning scales. I can like learn, you know, Metallica songs and, and that sort of stuff and like System of a Down songs. Like, so that was cool. Like my, I was super excited after that and I was like really stoked on it for ages. Um, so you yeah, a, yeah, that was super lucky. You had a teacher at your school that specifically taught guitar. Yeah, yeah, oh, we that's had like really a cool. yeah, yeah. Oh, super, super lucky. Um, our our school, like, it wasn't particularly like an artsy sort of school, but it had a lot of resources in that regard, like mm-hmm. a big, um, you know, like sort of, I guess you'd call it musical theatre um, department and a big arts department and things like that as well. Um, 
so yeah, like any sort of, we had like a woodwind teacher and things like that as well. So any sort of um, instrument you were keen on learning, like there was some sort of resource or someone that would be able to point you in the right direction for it. So um, yeah, I just did that through school and it was fun for a while because it was like, you'd be in maths class or something like that and it was like, oh, sorry, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to guitar lesson, be huh. back in an hour, bye. Like, no big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just my cool metal guitar yes. teacher. Bye. Enjoy your test, losers. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was cool. It, it did, um, uh, you know, it reached a point where it was like, I don't really want to learn music theory or, you know, uh, like my attention span just doesn't have that in me. Um, so it got a bit, a bit stale after a while, especially after like just, you know, getting into – like punk shows and things like that or, um, you know, just even just discovering what power violence was. And it was like, whoa, a song can go for like 16 seconds? That's nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why am I learning like all these like massive, you know, long drawn out Metallica songs and like all these solos and scales and music theory, like which is definitely important if you want to be like a session musician, but it was like – I don't want to be a session musician. <laughs> like, I don't know what I want to be, but I know I don't want to be that. And I'm yeah. enjoying, like, the DIY punk uh, approach to it. So, um, yeah, sort of <laughs> interest in it in that regard sort of started to drop off. And it was just like, let's write our own stuff and just, like, play power chords for a while because that's yeah. way easier and funner. <laughs> for sure. So it sounds like you, it sounds like you, you kind of went off and running, like, in, in, in knowing about, like, uh, shows and and like you know whatever you know uh like instances of diy culture you know you were exposed to um but um did you like were you were you always like even before then or like as a kid were you fantasizing about being in a band or did you have like other things when you were younger that you thought you'd do like later on in life? yeah a little bit yeah. um I always thought, like, I was always into visual art, and I was always like, ah, oh, I want to be an artist, like, that sort of thing, and, like, that was very um, sort of romanticized in my mind, and it was sort of the only thing I was really good at. Like, I enjoyed doing other things. Like, I really enjoyed, um, like, running and athletics and things like that, but I wasn't particularly good at it. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, in my mind, it was sort of like, oh, you know, visual art, visual art, visual art. Um and then, yeah, sort of just like getting, I don't know, I always sort of had an interest in music um, and then my interest in music just started to really overlap and then eventually overtake my interest in in art and it was just like, oh, I want to, I don't know, I just, I was, I was getting into the riffs and I was getting yeah. into the idea of song structure and it was just like, I love art, but I'm always into, like, listening to music and I'm always into, like, finding new bands and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, as a young teen, like, I really got into, like, early Green Day and, and things like that. And um, and it was all songs that were, like, sort of manageable in the sense of, like, you can learn it. And it was just like, oh, like, I want to do this. Like, I want to play, like, with other people. Mm -hmm. um, I never really enjoyed playing music alone. Um and like at the moment, it really sucks. Like playing the playing the set just like alone in my room. I'm like, oh, I miss I miss having yeah. a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> just like everything that goes behind it. Um, 
Yeah, and I just, I just, I think it as well, like a big part of it was just there was just so many more opportunities to pursue music than there was art. Um, like I just, I, if it was just so much more accessible um, and a lot like more enjoyable as well. Um, meeting, you know, other musicians and especially like, uh, like the sort of scene we were in, there was a lot of like avant-garde and noise and experimental sort of stuff. So it was just like, the door was just blown wide open of like, you can really do anything. Um, yeah. And it, and it can pass as music and someone might like it, but most of all, it's really fun. Like yeah. <laughs> you can have like, yeah, enjoy yourself so much with it. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's a real, yeah. like there's a real with music too, as opposed to art, because, you know, I, I try to like, I try to, work on like my drawing skills or my just anything like my you know I try to I'm like oh I'm gonna figure out how to do this stuff in Photoshop or whatever and it's like art yeah. is such a singular experience a lot of the time whereas music yeah. is like it's it, you know it's not right now obviously uh, like you were just saying mm. but um it's a it's a you know it's a group experience and when you make yes like you have to make commitments to do that and so there's other people holding you accountable and i think that's a big thing a big part of it as well and why you like you're like how come i can get better at drums but i can't get better at drawing because there's like people holding you accountable it's like um when your band shows up and you didn't practice and you still suck, you know, it's like, you, yeah, you yeah. still suck, like, you know, oh, so you're, you're letting like, them down, like, yeah, right, right. But there's no one there, like, except for you, like when you're not drawing, when you're not doing whatever. So, and this, that's beside the fact that like music is like such a visceral experience, just like the pure, like sonic vibrations and just like the people all coming together and everything like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I feel like I definitely got like I don't know, there's there's times and it sounds so cheesy to explain it, but like you know, even just having band practice and you're you're like it all just sounds good and it all just feels really good and you're getting this like massive sense of like satisfaction and accomplishment out of it. Yeah. Um and while I love doing art it's more art for me is more of a mindful practice, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I don't get that same like, oh hell yeah, like this is great, this looks good, this feels good sort of thing that I do with with music. Whereas with music, it's like it's sort of I don't know. I just got like I realize I got a massive smile on my face, and it's just like look at us, like we're doing the song, and it sounds good, and it feels good, and like I can't wait to play it for people. Like it's yeah, it's definitely like a different sort of satisfaction feeling you get from it. Whereas with art, it's like, yeah, I guess this looks all right. Maybe I'll come back to it a bit or like, I don't know, I just sort of felt like sitting here and, and experimenting with these colours for a while, but now I'm sort of done with that, so I might move on to something else. Like it's, yeah, I feel like it's a different sort of frame of mind, um, frame of mind with it, yeah. I think it definitely helps, um, uh, like like us in Diffloid, like, Obviously, the lineups changed a couple of times, um, but we've always, like, no matter what the lineup, we've always been um, really good friends. So it's always been like, you're, you know, you're having band practice, but you're also like seeing your mates and hanging out and catching up and like shooting the shit and you know, smoke some weed and hang out. Like we're, 
it's a fun, like, chill and relax sort of experience as well. It's not like, oh, I've got to get down to band practice. Like, it's not a – definitely not a chore. Like, it's yeah. like, cool, I get to see my friends and we're going to jam. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always been, like, a fun aspect. Mm -hmm. um, going back for a second, uh, I always like to – Yeah. I always like to ask this because um, – you know, sometimes you get some pretty good responses. Uh, what was your, what was your first guitar and amp setup like? <laughs> oh my god, um, terrible! No, no, no. Uh, so it was just like one of those Fender Squire bullets that you get out of that box. Okay. Um, it wasn't like the set one where it comes with an amp or anything like that. Um, what, oh, what was the amp? It was like this weird no-name brand, like. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have Aldi in the US. It's the sort of like store? a, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got oh, some. Oh, cool, you do, okay. Yeah, it might be a sense. bit different. I, like, I have no idea what an equivalent is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this like tiny, like, oh, maybe it was like a little 15 watt amp or something like that, that like had just like an overdrive channel and a clean channel, but like they both sounded exactly the same. Neither <laughs> <laughs> one yeah, was I still have quite... my very first guitar. You still have it? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um, I've donated it to my my noise aspect, I guess. So like, I usually use that one when I'm doing like bow guitar, okay, um, sort of stuff. Uh, because the bow, like the resin and everything like that, just destroys the strings. Um, and it makes the guitar super grubby. So I'm like, well, I'll use my nice guitar for playing, and then I'll use my other one for um, like noise and like throwing it around and whatnot. But um. It's actually not that bad of a guitar. Like, I no, pull it out every one. now and again, obviously to. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I it's, it's 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 like kind of a long story, but I can make it short. It's somebody needed some money, and they were just like, "Buy this guitar for thirty dollars," and so I bought it, and I just told my kid, "Here you go. If you want a guitar." Yeah. So nice. It like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like a more of a favor to that person, but also I was like, "There you go." Uh, yeah, exactly. And um No, they're great. I feel like um like I work in music retail now and there's like you get Fender Squires um bullet strats now and they, they feel very like sort of plywoody and very um uh, you know, production liney sort of guitars. But then I feel like maybe when by the like the year that I got mine, uh, which is like ooh, maybe like fifteen years ago now, um the the quality's way different. Like it's a really nice like roasted maple neck with like a rosewood fretboard, and it's like this is all right. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I was, like it's actually not that bad of a guitar. Like it's obviously not amazing, but um, yeah. but yeah, I was like, no, it actually feels like a, a decent esque quality guitar. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not as shit as I remember. Not like a toy, exactly. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels more like an instrument rather than a toy. Right. Right. That's awesome that you still have it. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll hang on to it forever. I think. I think if I, I don't know, just talking to so many people, like you know, throughout um, the music scene and stuff, so many people are like, oh, I wish I kept my first guitar, like, for for so many reasons, for mainly yeah. for nostalgic and like sentimental reasons, but also like, oh, it'd just be nice to like have you know a quote unquote junk guitar but also it's like yeah but that's also my first one so it's it holds a place in your heart and mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i can always change the strings on it and like make it playable again so it's not completely destroyed yeah. Yeah. um tone wise it probably sounds terrible but it feels nice to play <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Well, it's working for what you need it for. So it's uh Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. It's like it's still a part of your uh, uh ensemble, I guess, as it were. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. folks in diploid and um did you did you all st start diploid like right away um is that your first band yeah <laughs> yeah it is actually um so i met um uh reese and scott who yeah they went to my high school and they were in this band called diploid 49ers um and that was um like scott on drums reese on bass and our other friend danny who was from like another another town, um, like, I don't know, about an hour from where we lived. Um, she played guitar and sung, and they were very, like, distillers sort of punk sound, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't really my thing, but, like, I still, like, they were all my friends, and, like, it was still fun going to gigs and stuff. So, um, yeah, they were a band for, oh, maybe, like, two years. Um, and then eventually Daddy, um, you know, had just, done their dash with it um, and, and left the band um, but was, like, still friends and things like that but was just like, oh, you know, I'm a bit tired of driving to gigs and playing the two people. It's not my thing. And yeah. it's like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Reese and Scott was still really keen on the band and I was sort of like, oh, so you need a guitarist, huh? Hmm. I'm in the band. <laughs> just like inserted myself straight away. Because, um, yeah, I just, I'd always wanted to be in a band. And so they just um, chopped off the 49ers part and left it as Diploid. And, uh, like, because Danny and Reese used to write um, the songs uh, together a lot, which was, yeah, a lot more, um, like, essentially, yeah, Distillers is the main band I, I bring up. They really sounded like them. Okay. Um, but after Danny left, Reese was writing a lot more um, like power violence, grindcore sort of inspired sort of songs, and I was like, hell yeah, this is this is awesome, this is sick, like definitely into that. And um, my vocal style was a lot different to Danny's, so we just sort of ran with that sort of sound as well. Um, I'd never done vocals before. I'd kind of always wanted to, but just never, just obviously never had the opportunity to. And it was just like, yeah, sure, I can play guitar and do vocals at the same time. And then you're like, holy shit, it's actually really hard. <laughs> it's I'm going to have to practice it. <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, sure, I'll just do it. And then you're like, oh, um, there's actually something to that. Cool, I better, better <laughs> learn that skill. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we just like hit the ground running. Um, we all lived really close by. Um, and again, like so lucky. Reese's parents, uh, they just got so sick of us always making noise and playing drums and guitars and things like that in their like 
back sort of entertainment room. So Reese's dad, who is like a handyman slash engineer, um, just like built like a shed within a shed with like lots of mattresses and things like that on the wall and was just like, please, the love of God, practice here, like away from us. And we were just like, whoa, cool. Like <laughs> it was a tiny room. Like it was maybe like or four meters by three, which I'm not sure how to – uh, Americanize that measurement. Yeah, I can I'm not sure. get it but, but probably like but just small, like barely enough room. room for you all and your stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like a drum kit got in there and a couple amps, and you're like, okay, just sort of got to walk over you to get to the drum kit, but that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. very, very cramped, but yeah. still like so lucky. Like, especially like you just look at it with so like in retrospect, like, wow, we had a jam space that we yeah. could leave our things at and like practice, you know. Obviously, with time limits, like can't go wee into the wee hours of the night. But yeah, there was a, there was a space for us to be able to do things, um, and we recorded a lot of like demos and and things like that in there as well um, with friends that were just like, yeah, let's just record it. I have a microphone, just hit record. We'll give it a go. Like it was yeah. always sort of like, uh, shrug and give it a go and just see how it, see how it is, and it would work. And it was like, cool, yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> a lot of the time using like really, you know, it's like a Behringer mic with a Behringer mixer and, and just, and just doing it. But like, it made the difference between being able to produce something and not being able to produce something. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we were able to just, um, keep practicing, keep practicing. Even if we didn't have a gig coming up, we would just still, you know, like want to hang out and it was like, well, we may as well go through those songs then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just became a thing. Like, Reese was really, really inspirational for me. Like, I had not – like, I'd always wanted to pursue music and always wanted to be in a band and always wanted to write music and do all these things, but I just didn't – it just didn't feel real. Like, it was like, but I can't, or, like, I don't even know where to start. Um, mm-hmm. But Reese was – Reese was, uh, like, back in the MySpace days, he had joined a band um, called Last Measure, and they were – like punks from the city, um, and so they were like way more familiar with like playing DIY punk shows and things like that, um, which is like yeah. So through Reese is how I discovered this the concept of DIY and just being like, yeah, let's just put on a show. We'll book it ourselves. We'll book some other bands. Um, you know, not really about making any like financial profit, but at least we got yeah. a gig. Isn't that fun? Like yeah, so it was sort of. Um, through that, um, and yeah, we just sort of found places that would would uh, facilitate that for us. Like um, there was this place in uh, Thornbury, which is like close to the city, um, and it was sort of like an anarchist bookstore slash uh, like op shop slash like I guess thrift store is what. Um, you folks call it over there. Okay. Um, but yeah, they had like this back room with like a PA and a mixer and it was just like, yeah, you can put a gig on um, as long as you don't like destroy the place and you mop the floor at the end of the night, like whatever. And everyone's out of here by like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Like, yeah, go for it. So it was always like, cool, you know, gig, $2 entry. Um, yeah. And it's just like, like, I honestly don't know where we would be without places like that. Like I don't, cause all of those places have all come to pass now. And it's just like, where, where, where did the deal, like where do kids put shows on now? Like, I don't even yeah. know, like other than like a house show or something, like where, 
where facilitates that? Because um, obviously there's so many, you know, people would just like bring their own drinks and obviously like smoking weed and things like that. And it's just like no venue would be like, yeah, sure, underage kids come drink and party here. Like yeah. it's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like we were just oh, just so lucky. I think we were probably the last sort of generation to be able to have those sorts of spaces. Yeah. Um, to be able to freely do that. When, um, um, when did you join the band? And so when did this this version of Diploid like form? Um, because I the earliest recording I saw was uh in March of two two thousand thirteen. Yeah, it would have been around that time. I was in my final year of high school, which was twenty twelve. Um, so yeah, I was like. 17, 18 years old. Um, and I joined the band for a while before that, but we had just sort of, like, we just spent those months, like, just practicing and, and, and um, you know, learning to, learning to, uh, to sort of work together and, and get it all get it all going. We'd pretty much, like, scrapped the whole old back catalogue of any Diploid 49 and songs and just right. I pretty much started fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a few months of just, like, getting it, uh, sounding like us, essentially. Um, but, yeah, pretty, 2013, I'd probably say, yeah, it was about the time we, like, properly started. Um, I shudder to think of what that recording sounds like. I actually can't listen to any <laughs> recordings, even, like, new ones. I'm just like, Ugh. it's just that hearing your own voice thing. I just can't. <laughs> Still, huh? Yeah, oh, even now it sucks. So I would like to be able to enjoy it. I can listen to like other friends' things, but whenever it's like my voice, it's just like, oh, gross! Like, so when you get the instrumentals like, back, you're like, you're like, fuck yeah, we rip! And then, and then once you put the vocals on, it's like no more, huh? Yeah, it literally is. It's just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I just oh. can't do it. I can't. I can't. Um, even in the recording process, like now, it's like listening to it, listening to it, and then like the bit where your vocals like. Uh, come in happens and it's just like immediate like shoulders at my ears and it's just like oh there's that voice grow (laughs) I'm sorry Um, you feel that way I was just listening to some of it earlier I mean I think your vocals are great but uh but yeah I I, I mean you know um I I understand I feel like everyone has it about themselves to a certain extent yeah oh yeah yeah I I don't know I in some weird way I think I've learned to like uh um in some weird way, I think I've learned to to look at it like it's somebody else or something, you know? I, I don't yeah, know yeah. Sense. But um, No, for sure. Yeah. Like, you've just got to – like, I've been trying to because it's so not a practical uh, – it's not very practical for you to be able to be like, oh, I can't listen to anything I do. It's like, well, you need to be able to, to listen back at it and critique it, especially when so, you're in the recording process. It's yeah. like – it's a bit like, come on, get over yourself. you just got to – you're making a record here. <laughs> right. You're gonna to have to listen back to it, um, and yeah, you just gotta try and not look at it too objectively, just because it's you, and be like, no, it's bad. We've got to start again. It's just like, no, just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> gotta yeah. work through it. Yeah. Um, or else yeah. you're just like, just like, hey, can you take me out of these headphones? And you're just screaming and leaving it up to somebody else, and. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, where's, yeah, where's the and you'd never improve improvement? either. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, room for improvement. Totally, and, exactly. Yeah, you know, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I saw uh, the 
the uh, the earliest. Um, I can't remember what y'all called it, but the earliest thing I saw was March twentieth, two thousand thirteen. It was two songs, and then um, there was like lots of lots of uh, EPs or like singles or splits and stuff. And of course, we had our split in two thousand fifteen. Um, yeah. But then um, you, uh, the um, your first LP came out in 2016, right? Is God up there? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Is that what yeah. you consider the first LP? Um, yeah, yeah, that was our first like LP with just us. Um, definitely had like right. uh, like other splits and things like that that had come out. Oh yeah. Tons um, of stuff. but yeah, that was like our full, our first like full um. Just us, just uh, like an hour attempt at an album, I guess. Yeah. Mm. God, that seems like a lifetime ago. Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, for for like a for a heavy band, you know, it is like four, yeah, four years is a in our circles, four years is a long time for a band. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, um, how did you feel when you were? I mean, once you have all these songs together and you go to record them, like, what was the experience like? How did it differ from when you're just trying to bang out a few songs and then you know and put out a little thing like what did you feel like there was more pressure or did you you know um did you just go into it the same way as you did everything else I feel like when we did that one we sort of it felt it felt like the same sort of process and approach that we'd done a few other times like we we recorded it um like in a studio, which was like, and that was, I think, I think that was our first time ever like properly recording in a studio um, of actually doing, you know, like proper, proper takes of things rather than just sort of like, oh yeah, stand about here, the microphone, you know, just face it away from us so it's not taking everything and just give it a go. Um, yeah, like we've always recorded live. Um, which is really like I that's just my preferred way of doing yeah. it. And I think Reese as well. Like we just it's just sort of gels together so much easier. Um and then obviously we overdub we do, you know, separate guitar tracks and noise tracks and things like that. But like the general backbone of like all of our recordings, um yeah, has all been like a live sort of uh approach to it. So it's it always sort of feels a bit like um band practice plus I guess like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not just like jamming it's like okay try and actually got to get a really good take <laughs> like mm-hmm. um so yeah it was always um always pretty familiar and felt pretty like not too stressful I guess the only sort of thing um we were always like pretty short on cash and like we just you know obviously first few times you record you don't really know what you're doing you're just sort of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and um we'd always I think that recording we did it over two days which now we're like Jesus Christ like that is so much work to smush into two days but we were like yeah two days like that's that's easy time that's plenty (laughs) um yeah (laughs) so we were just like whatever um Whereas with our most recent um, album with Glorify, like we we did that in a whole week, which again isn't like you look at other bands and they take a lot longer than that to do an album, but they're usually doing it track by track and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, 
like a week for us felt like it was like, whoa, that's like the longest amount of time we've ever allowed for recording. Um, and so, yeah, to, con- to compare those two experiences, I guess it's like the first, uh, first time like proper recording felt very not rushed, but stressful. Um, and, and I think because you just, there's a level of, like for me anyway, it's just sort of like you might listen back to it and be like, oh, I should have done that, should have done that. But it's also like, but I wouldn't know what I should have done without making those mistakes or or making those sort of judgments and calls in the first place. And it's just sort of like, well, that's that's what we did at that time. We can learn from it and like try and try and make it better next time. Like every every album, like that sort of recent eyes approach to it as well. It's never like. Um, you know, this album is going to be like the next big thing or like the next groundbreaking thing or whatever. It's always just like as long as we feel it's an improvement from our previous recording mm-hmm. or a previous release, then that feels like a success for us. Like it's yeah. just it's just got to be better, but like we just have to feel like it's, it's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you can just spend so long trying to be like, oh, this album is about this and we've just got to really try and capture this emotion or this idea or this concept in it. Um, and it's it's very similar to visual art. It's just like you could you could literally mix and record and, like, fuck with it forever. Like, there's no <laughs> – you just have to draw the line at some point and be like, no, it's done. It's yeah. done. It's out. It's done. Anything you want to change about it, just sort of keep it in your mind and you can, like, try something different on your next release, but like this one is done. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to leave it. Because like, yeah, because if you're just, uh, if you're just, if you just keep pining over this, this one thing, these little details on this one thing, then you, you're never moving to the next thing. And also yeah. nothing is happening now. If you, if you spend, I mean, I, I've certainly done that, you know, but like, the one album in particular that I can think of that I, that I did that with, it's uh, like, I, I won't talk about it because I don't w- want anybody. I don't want to cheapen anybody's um, any, any, the way anybody feels about something that I've done. So I won't say like this album, I wish I would have done this or whatever, you know, that's, that's just me mm. though. But um, like the album that I think about where I'm like, I should have stopped screwing with that and just let, and just, you know, let it go when it was ready to go instead of keep messing with it. It's like, yeah, there was nothing happening for all this time. There was, I wasn't, I was just allowing myself yeah, to be sure. fixated on Yeah, for sure. You can get it. a bit stagnant. Yeah, and nothing was happening. So you had to, just like you said, you had to just do what you're doing so you can be doing something. That's done. And then you can go like you can take what you learned, like you said, and, uh, you know, apply it to the next thing. And just I mean, it's like it, when you're talking about how this relates to something visually or whatever, I also remind myself of something that I think about a lot, which is like how, you know, if you got every single thing you're trying to do out with one piece of music or art or whatever it was, like, then you'd just be done, right? <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's fine if you didn't completely 
blow your own mind in whatever way that you thought you were going to. Like as long as you're proud of what you did and as long as you can take those you know, lessons or whatever and, and keep going uh, in a, yeah. uh, the direction you want. It's sort of like, uh, like, yeah, it's really difficult to explain, but it's like, I don't know, especially I guess with, with heavy sort of music, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the concepts are like, death or sadness and depression and self-worth and things like that and it's just like those sort of concepts well a lot of any sort of concept but those I feel like those concepts in particular are really hard to sort of wrap up and be like yes boom that that is like that's a perfect representation of how I feel about this like because it's like there's such uh you know complex and nuances and things like that uh, themes and feelings towards so many things like that. That's just like you can't wrap it up in one neat little album of mm-hmm. of of those sorts of feelings. Like it's your and your feelings about it will always change. And so, yeah, it's it's sort of like it's not. Yeah, we were never like setting out to make the darkest thing we can possibly do, or like you know, Diploid's take on this or whatever. But it's just yeah. sort of like. Because yeah. it'll just it'll it'll always change and it will never be right. It'll never be exactly what what you're trying to convey because it's yeah. it's so many things yeah. <laughs> depending on the state of mind you're in at the time as well. So right. well, that actually applies pr- um, pretty heavily to what I was talking uh, to Reese about once about the songs that we have on our split on our split with y'all um, because like you know we. I don't remember how it came up or whatever, but I was just like, I'm glad that I did those songs when I did them because I wouldn't do them now. Like, mm, mm, yeah, I, I like I just was like, I was talking about how, you know, like you said, like your feelings change and like, you know, you're not in the same place. And it's like, if I, you know, if I would have hung on that for too long, if I didn't have like, okay, everybody's going to have their stuff together by this time, like how we gave each other deadlines and whatnot. And, um, like, then I would, I, you know, I would have, like, copped out of, of making this, like, uh, really, like, almost, like, hopeful song about death, you know? About how, like, yeah, yeah. when people die, it's going to be fine. And, and, like, you know, it's like, it's like you're saying, like, you you can be in different places and you can feel one way about something. And, uh, that's one thing I find like really fascinating about music as well as, is how you can just use it to chronicle like these, you know, points in your life and your, and in your, your personal headspace and whatnot. like your three albums have been separate in that regard as well like that they're from different um like i mean they're obviously from different times in your life different yeah sort of eras but uh do you see them as like a evolution in thought as well not just music 
Yeah, definitely. I think, um, oh, like, yeah, it's always sort of like approaching uh, similar themes in the sense of like death and human destruction and feelings of despair and, and things like that, but in different sort of ways. And, um, yeah, they are sort of like time stamps in, in a sense as well. Like, uh, like I think of his God up there um, and, and like looking on the songs that are on there and it's like, yeah, like at that time, Reese and I were really inspired by, um, you know, certain things like, uh, like there was this movie um, Snowtown. It's an Australian film um, and it's about, um, these these murders that occurred in South Australia and um, yeah, like I, you can't help but sort of think back to it of like yeah, it was like you know, you know where we were living at that time and and what sort of relationships we had at that time um, and how you know obviously you know surprise surprise um, suffering from depression and anxiety issues and mental health issues like that like still suffering now, but in, in definitely in different sort of ways. Um, and yeah, it's sort of like a, it sort of, it snaps you back into those sorts of, um, you know, yeah, those feelings of despair and, and suicidal thoughts and things like that, but in, in different ways and mannerisms and like viewing it in different, in a different sort of concept. Oh, making no sense at all. No, no. <laughs> it's so I, hard I, to explain. I, I, I follow you. I follow you. Yeah, um, yeah, but it definitely, and I think a lot of it just comes with age. Like, oh, like we were in our early twenties at that time, um, and now we're both, you know, in our late twenties. So it's, it's sort of, um, yeah, a lot of it comes as just age and growing up and and living more experiences and things like that. And so from from a certain angle, is sort of like a oh, how naive and thought certain things were the end of the world, but obviously they weren't because we're still here and we're still doing things. Um, and so, yeah, thoughts on things like that just sort of, yeah, definitely change. Lots of, yeah. lots of change going on. Yeah. Um, so shift, uh, just like sort of shifting around a little bit here, um, you talked about like playing like the shows that y'all played um, you know, like locally or semi-locally, like, you know, uh, close to where you lived and whatnot, the, the like, um, places where you're able to, uh, book shows and stuff. But, um, wh where, when was the first time that y'all went on tour and where was that? Oh, um, that would have been up to Sydney, I think. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in Australia, like you can drive to like another um, another capital city in another state, um, but it takes a long time. Um, right. The drive from Melbourne to Sydney is about twelve hours. Oh wow! Nine, twelve hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like, all right, strap in, we're going. Um, Got to leave early in the morning to be able <laughs> to get there at a reasonable time. For sure. um, so yeah, it was always like within Australia, um, and because we grew up. Uh, like not, not in any sort of metropolitan or city sort of area. We all had our own cars. Um, obviously we just took the one car, but we all had our driver's license and things like that from pretty much 
as soon as you could get your driver's license for your got hours. Um, otherwise, you just you just can't get anywhere without a yeah. car um, when you live in sort of regional areas of Victoria. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, touring in Australia, oh, it's wild. Um, there's not much like we just don't have the same population that the US does. So there's just not really much in between. Like there are smaller city type towns that you can play in. Um, but they, they just take so long to get to. Um, the turnout can be really up and down. So it's a, it was a bit of a gamble going to those sorts of places. Um, and even, you know, going to a big capital city, just playing the music that we do doesn't necessarily guarantee you a good turnout or anything like that either. So, um, yeah, you mainly stick to doing the big main cities um, and you just have to allow for a lot of time <laughs> to yeah. get there and back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, touring, oh, it's I love touring. I, um, you know, you just you, you meet so many new people and, and people that, like, you get there and people are like, whoa, Mariam, blah, 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 and they're, like, talking about Diploid and you're like, I've actually never even met you before, but I yeah. feel like I already know you because you've been listening to my music and following my band and it's, it's pretty wild at the start, but like, it's just like, oh, cool. So there's already essentially friends here, like yeah. that I didn't even know I had, but that's cool. Um, and yeah, especially over time, like it's like, you know, there's certain friends that you have in certain cities that you're like, cool. Well, you know, we're going up to Newcastle. I'll be able to see Edo, or like, go to Sydney. I'll see Mishu, or like, um, or Nace and things like that. Like, there's just peop- certain people in certain cities that you're just like, cool. Like, going on tour also means seeing interstate friends. Um, but yeah, it's um, a lot of it is just sitting in the car, listening to podcasts, <laughs> smoking weed. <laughs> um, yeah, it was always funny. Like, Reese and I really into like you know true crime podcasts and all these horrible sorts of things, and like Scott wasn't really and so he was always just like jesus christ can we just listen to anything else like can we not be sitting in silence being like and then they got murdered and then this happened and like all these horrible details yeah um and then they put in like dragon force or some horrible prog sort of thing <laughs> um but yeah i think like like all, all of us being such close friends like it just made the world of difference like i've you know, heard horror stories of other people going on tour with people they barely know or they don't really like or they don't really get along with. And it's just, it's, it's like, I can't imagine it. Like we always just have such a good time. Um, I sort of always view, view touring as just like, you know, it's, it's a holiday with my friends that I get to play a show at. Like it's mm. not, um, you know, we're going on tour and we've got to make this much money or we've got to sell our records here or, or, you know, X amount of people need to turn up to make it worthwhile. It's just sort of like, yeah, let's go, like, road trip with friends and um, sitting in a tightly packed car with a guitar on your lap, yeah. listening to True Crime Podcast, shooting the shit with friends. Like, it's, um, yeah, it's always been a, a really um, enjoyable experience, especially now, I think, not being able to tour. It's just like, ah. Oh, I'd kill for, you know. Yeah. Yeah, get me in that car. Get me, get me car like, now. that horrible coffee in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just sort of go somewhere. For sure. Um, so how- yeah, we actually, we toured earlier this year. Um, we did, like, a, an Australian tour. Um, like, we never do it consecutively. We always just, like, save it for the weekend. Um, we'll leave, mm-hmm. like, on a Thursday and go over the weekend and come back Sunday so that we can all do our normal jobs and things like that. Um mm-hmm. 
but we got in a, an Australian tour earlier this year, which, like, retrospect, so thankful we did. Like, oh, for sure. we'd always planned on doing it, and we never planned on not maybe not doing it. But um, it's just like, well, at least we got that one, yeah. that one done while we could, because yeah. <laughs> pretty much a few weeks later, everything fell apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But last year, y'all went to Japan, right? Or was it a year before? I, um, I might be. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was not, it could have been the year before. Maybe it okay. was the year before. I'm terrible with time. I'm yeah, hopeless. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so it's the, like, what haircut did I have? The last six months being just like, uh, you know, just feeling like the longest time in the world and like going by faster than you'd think as well is like really disorienting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I, oh, uh, so I, I think, uh, I, uh, to answer your question about the haircut, I believe that was the green tips. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. So because maybe I was, was like, yeah, I not was, last year, the year before. <laughs> I was doing some research earlier. I was just like, you know, preparing a little bit. So I was like, so I saw some photos, and y'all, y'all did, you on on that tour, y'all did uh, some traveling by bullet train and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's the most efficient way to get around in Japan. That's um, yeah, it's uh, it's like my favorite country. Like I've been to Japan a bunch of times, um, like both touring and just as a tourist, like fun recreational trips. Um, and yeah, like all all three of us uh, really love Japan. Like it's it's a safe country. It's it's pretty cheap to get to. Um, the time difference in Australia isn't, I think it's only like two hours ahead or two hours behind, depending on daylight savings here. Um, and it's just so safe. Like you can, you know, you're not ever worried about people pinching your shit. Um, and people are just lovely there. Like, uh, like at gigs, um, you know, the people will let you play their guitars or they're like, you know, do you need any pedals? Do you need any leads? Like, you can use this if you want. Do you need to use my guitar? And it's like, oh, no, I brought my guitar, but thank you. Like, I will use your amp. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's very uh, – everyone's just really practical about the way they do things. Like, it's not it's – a, it's a polite thing, obviously, just to be like, you know, do you need to use my, my amp or my, my drums or my cymbals or whatever? But it's also like, well, it also saves time um, for – changing in between bands and things like that. So everyone's just very practical and um, proactive about things. Um, so, yeah, we, we love we love touring there. Yeah. Um, yeah, keen to get back there as soon as we can. Um, and it was like – Yeah, and it's just – Obviously, like you Oh, you're good. Sorry. <laughs> you weren't traveling like just like, uh, like half a day every time. You're just going like for a couple hours, right? From like gig to gig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is a nice, um, <laughs> nice change from like touring within Australia, where it's like, okay, we've we've got a full nine hours of driving to do. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can actually like get to a city and you know drop your stuff off, and then actually like see some sights and get out and go for a walk and have a proper meal and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's oh, it's a beautiful country. Like I honestly can't speak more highly of it like it's just it's such a good place to tour um and there's just such uh like people like people are really really friendly as well and they want to approach you and talk about stuff like we we played a show in osaka and reese and i have both happened to be wearing dystopia shirts and these like older um 
older Japanese dudes came over and they're like, oh, Dystopia, like, we played with them, like, years ago when they came here, and da-da-da-da-da, like, people are just really, yeah, like, (laughs) we were, like, had our minds blown, but, um, people will just, like, approach you and they'll be like, oh, do you know this band and things like that, and, um, we, we really love Japanese bands as well, like, like, Boredoms and Mel Banana and, Uh and things like that, and so people are always like, whoa, like, because, like, Mel Banana isn't, like, a, a big deal over there, like, we've seen them a few times. And, you know, they're just people and they're just sitting there behind their merch desk, like, just like anyone else would. But, like, for us, it's like, holy shit, not banana, that's, like, the best band in the world. Holy crap, holy crap. But, um, yeah. but yeah, over there, it's just like, oh, yeah, they're the local band. Yeah, cool. And so <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, it's just really awesome. And they're, they're, just, they're surprised that you've even heard about those sorts of bands or, like, the Gero Gigigi and things like that. Like, they're like, what the hell? Like, we didn't even think people outside of Japan even knew or cared about that stuff. And you're like, hell yeah, dude. Like, awesome. we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, especially, like, the noise scene over there. Um, yeah, like, me, Reese, and Scott, like, we're, all, we're, you know, obviously big into, like, avant-garde and noise and improv and things like that. And um, it's just, it's everywhere there. Like, it's... And it's just such a strange and interesting approach that a lot of, um, like, a lot of people, even if they're playing, like, pop or rock music, they, they at least they know about noise and or they've got some sort of interest in noise or the concept of noise. And so it's like, oh, this is cool, whereas um, you sort of go to other places and, yeah, like, a lot of people either, like, don't care or they don't get it or that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, having, like like, outsider approaches to music is, like, oh, yeah, cool, like, sort of well understood in Japan. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, why we love it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Um, so I, I um, actually did, it's a good thing I did a little bit of research because I actually didn't know until today that you and Reese started a label together, right, Catfight Records? Are you still doing that? yeah. Or? Um, not, just, not so much these days. Um, just when it, when we, it works out. Yeah, pretty much. Like we, we have a tape dubber. Um, and so we were like putting out tapes when we could. Um, and, and yeah, we were just like, cause we were living together at the time. We had just had so much time together. It was like, yeah, let's like put out, you know, we can put out some friends records and, and things like that as well. Um, the dream was to like get our own thing sort of going and be able to be like a hundred percent sustainable in, in terms of like putting out our own stuff at our own time. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're pretty like, uh, in ter- <laughs> like marketing media, anything like that. Like we're, we're pretty like, uh, I wouldn't say hopeless, but just like <laughs> the record's done. Let's get it out. Like, why do we have to wait? Like, it's it's there. Let's put it out. Yeah. Um. Sooner we can put it out. Sooner we can tour. Then we can start working on other things. Like, it's yeah. we don't really like to. Uh, we're not very like strategic or planning or or anything like that. When when things come out, it's just like when it's ready, let's just do it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we wanted to be able to create our own um our own label to be able to do that sort of thing in, but um. Yeah, obviously a lot goes into it, and then when you're also in like a, like, like Reese is a workhorse. He is constantly writing music, constantly thinking of the next tour or the next release and things like that. And I think at the end of the day, that just takes up so much more uh, time and energy, um, let alone like thinking of a whole uh, label and and distro and things like that. Um, 
But it definitely would be something I'd, I'd want to revisit, like especially, um, you know, the older, the older you get, the less uh, enthusiastic about, in theory, um, you know, going overseas and dropping everything and, and touring all the time. Um, yeah, the sort of thought was to have like a little label going. Um, but it doesn't seem like we're getting sick of touring or writing or playing gigs. Right. So it was just sort of like, oh, well, let's keep doing this part right. then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the stuff I, the stuff that I, uh, you know, checked out was really cool. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, you know, a couple other things that I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, ask about was, um, I, I saw that you used to be a dental assistant. <laughs> so yeah, how did you stumble into that? And what, I, I mean, it must, it must not have been very, it must not have been very fun um, because, you, you know, you're not, you said you work at a music store now and that, that, you know, that obviously applies to your interests more, but um, <laughs> yeah. so de dental assistant, <laughs> what was this like? Yeah. Um, so it just sort of, it was just a job I sort of fell into. I happened to have like a dental appointment um, and I come from a very, um, medical background family. Like my mum is a nurse, my older sister is a nurse and my younger sister is a physio. Um, and she works at like the same hospital that my older sister works at. So hanging out with them is always fun. Cause they're always like, Oh, I had this patient that this happened to blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, I don't know what any of those words mean, but yeah. that's great. <laughs> um, it always ends up with medical talk, but, um, but yeah, they just happened to mention, Oh, you know, we're short a nurse, da, 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 da. And they knew my mum was a nurse and like they'd known me ever since I was little. And they were like, Oh, Mariam, like, do you reckon you'd want a job? And I was just like, yes, yes, I do. I do want a job. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I sort of fell into it through that. Um, and it was sort of the perfect job at the time because it was, um, you know, open late and things like that. So it fit in, I was studying at the time, um, studying graphic design, um, up in the city doing uni and things like that. So it was the perfect, like go to uni during the day, come back in the evening and work, um, dental assisting. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of de deferred my uni course for a bit because Diploid was sort of, um, you know, t like taking up more and more of my time and I just wanted to tour and, and do things like that. And so it was like, if I want to do that, I'm going to need to move close to the city. So I just sort of started working full time as a dental assistant. Um, and yeah, it's definitely <laughs> like no one likes going to the dentist. So definitely, I didn't realize at the time, but it was definitely like makes you very, very jaded because no one wants to be there. So patients come in and they're like, I hate you. I hate this. This is too expensive. This is painful. Fuck. Rah, rah, rah. And you're just like, oh, cool. Good, good, good. So right. it's an interesting um, work, sort of workplace to be in. Um, and it definitely like desensitized any sort of like, um, like obviously I wasn't squeamish before, but I'm definitely not now of like blood or, or um, you know, removing bones and things like that out oh, of people's wow. mouths. But um, yeah, <laughs> or like spit and and saliva and things like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, just sort of fell into that sort of um, that's that's that role wild. and just did it for ages. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> but it was able to sustain my um, oh you know quote unquote music career, yeah. like uh, being able to just sort of um, like I was always really lucky. I had I had employers that were really understanding um, of the situation of like you know look I want 
I'm I'm going to go on tour in Southeast Asia. I need four weeks off, um, but I will be back. And they were like, okay, yeah, of course, you know, go have fun and there'll be a job here for you when you get back, which, which isn't um, – isn't a common thing, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> With musicians, you often hear of people having to leave their jobs and then come back and try and find a new job and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was the thing that paid the bills for a long time. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, <laughs> just sort of one of those timing things. Um, but yeah, and then and then eventually, um, a friend of mine just uh, who worked in the music retail world was just like. Do you want a job with guitars? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Yes, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to do I just this anymore. Yeah, for a cleaning, and I ended up here for five years. So get me out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was supposed to be a temporary thing, and then I'm still here for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was a time. Wow. It was a time. <laughs> I remember, um, uh, like leaving my my dental assisting job and being like, yes, like I'll never have to wear a mask again. And boy, oh boy, do I regret having those thoughts because oh. here we are now. Yeah. Oh. Yep, that's 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 uh, that'll do it. It's a bizarre thought. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I I mean, uh, I was. I usually try to go for about an hour. That's about an hour. Um, I was yeah, gonna, cool. I was gonna ask um, one more thing. This is kind of, yeah, of like nobody needs to have, like, nobody needs to tell anybody at this point how, like, m- how m- misled Americans can be at this point. Like, it's it's got to be like <laughs> just at the forefront of like global, you know, uh, knowledge at this point. But do, do you, have you ever heard that there are a large number of Americans that do not believe that Australia exists? Have you, you've never heard that. I feel like I have actually. Okay. Um, like there, there's like legit people, you know, the same people think the earth is flat and stuff, but they, they think Australia does not exist. Like, Some sort of conspiracy. Yeah, it's like it's not real. So, like, I <laughs> my question is like, cause and you know, like, I, you know, they'd say no, you well, you thought you were talking to somebody from Australia, uh, but it, but you're yeah, but you're an actor. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> my my question is, are there any wild? Do you have anything that's local to you or to Australia that's like? Do you have some wild conspiracy or something that you could share that that you're aware of? Ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ooh. I mean, I, I, um. Oh my god, <laughs> where do they think we all are? <laughs> uh, I mean, they just think that it's fake. They just think that like anybody who's who's says they're from Australia is an actor because I don't remember what they think is in it for, for like the government or something to pretend that Australia exists when it doesn't. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't really remember, but um, yeah, they think, Oh, anybody says they're from Australia, they're actors or whatever. But you know, like I said, w- I, you know, I didn't bring this up so that everybody can, cause everybody knows Americans. <laughs> wow. You know, we're, we're really beyond saving at this point, probably. But um, like I just wondered, you know, is there any 
Is there any like wild equivalent that you can think of or just, you know, not necessarily equivalent because come on, that's way up there. Uh, but uh, yeah, is there anything you could think of that's like, you know, just a little story to tell? Well, I mean, I've definitely uh, met a few like flat earthers. Okay. Um, and it's just uh, like Reese and I talk about it a lot. Like it's, uh, like the slippery slope of so many conspiracy theories. Like every time I have met someone that is into um, <laughs> any sort of like sort of bizarre conspiracy theory, like it doesn't take long for it to end up with, and then the Jews own all the banks and blah, blah, right. blah. And you're like, oh, okay, right, uh, right. The OG Here we go. Like, yeah. 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 It um it always pulls back into that, which is so like I've got to stop being so surprised about it. But um oh yeah, there's definitely definitely heard a lot of um uh like just from like interacting with people um pre pre when COVID went into massive lockdown um you know people's thoughts on where it all came from right. and, and things like that. And it's like yeah, <laughs> um. <laughs> This is why we'll it's, never go outside again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like good, good. Like Jesus, or like you could be having a pleasant conversation with someone, and then all of a sudden, some some whopper comes out, and you're like, oh wow, wow, wow. Didn't didn't know. <laughs> Thinking right. of that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, like there's similar. Um, like obviously, a lot of people have seen footages of footage, sorry, of people refusing to wear a mask and and things like that, and like it's it's like that sort of stuff still happening here. Um, mm. You know, if that makes you feel any better about what's going on where you're living, <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately, that sort of stuff transcends uh, countries and race and yeah. gender and all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. There's all people that um. Oh, gosh. But I guess that's actually um, – I've had discussions with people, like, because I did work in the dental uh, dental assisting um, profession for so long, like, the biggest part of that job is infection control. And so I think a big thing for me has um, – like, there's so – like, I used to know people that would be like, oh, did you know washing your hands is actually dirtier than not washing your hands because touching the tap means you're going to touch germs and then – that means your hands are dirtier than before anyway. And it's just like, no, 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 that is not the way it works. Like I can see your logic, but it's not logic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, seeing people's very inventive ways of, um, of trying to do things more in a more sanitary manner and like just, just knowing actual um, infection control protocols. It's just like, no, no, that doesn't work. No, that's only actually like, uh, you know, people um, spraying disinfectant into the air and it's like, no, that actually doesn't do anything. Uh, like it's it's the physical act of rubbing the germs off that actually gets things going. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but you sort of hope, like my, my mum and my sisters were all having this sort of conversation of like hopefully this opens the door to people being more aware of, you know, themselves and and what they touch and, and, you know, yes, people should wash their hands. Like it's upsetting, but unfortunately that was a newsflash for a lot of people of like, yes, you, 
you should wash your hands. <laughs> you should, yeah. you know, cough into your elbow. Don't lick things and then touch things, please. <laughs> like it's it's actually not very sanitary. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Probably um, yeah, the washing the hands things. Not washing your hands is actually dirtier than washing your hands. That's probably yeah. <laughs> that's, there yeah. you go. That would be my um <laughs> my wilder conspiracy <laughs> that I've heard that just boggles my mind. That was my conversation with Mariam Benjamin. Thank you so much, Mariam, for taking the time to chat with me. I had a really great time. Until next time, take care and do good things.